Welcome to Beyond the Walls podcast. I'm your host, Kylie, and I want to share through personal experience and life lessons learned about personal walls that I have overcome and overcoming still, and to give you hope and tools to go beyond your walls too. Let's get started. Something that always comes to mind for me during this time of the year is life rhythms. So much of like the holidays times disrupts our normal way of life. And it adds all these extra responsibilities and extra activities and traveling. And, you know, there are a lot of really fun things, but they take what often can feel like just our everyday lives being stressful and they take them to a whole nother level. And I think it's actually really helpful that we have these holiday times spread throughout the year, you know, times that we intentionally take a break, we take time to celebrate because it would be so easy for us to just go from just one thing to the next, right? And just never look back. And all of a sudden, you know, the week is gone, a month is gone. Time just, it goes so fast. I want to talk today about just how we can find freedom in our rhythms. How do we find freedom in our homes? What kind of environment are we intentionally or unintentionally creating? You know, I think through this episode, I'm going to kind of go in and out between like our holiday specific rhythms, but just as easily as we show up during these holiday times, that's how we also show up in our everyday life, how we decide what we're going to do and how we're going to do it and how we approach it and how we've decided how to, or how we have unintentionally just started doing something. I know for me during these holiday times, I can always just find myself ping-ponging between two extremes and then experiencing everything along the way between those extremes. You know, I can go from excitement and joy over these traditions that I love and I happily go out of my way to create them but just as easily as I'm full of joyful anticipation, it can quickly be followed by pressure, a need to measure up, fear of failure or disappointment, you know, my own disappointment or disappointing others. Sometimes, you know, resentment can start to grow because I no longer see the value in something that I signed up for long ago, or I just have always participated in. I didn't actually sign up, it just, I inherited it and this is just how it's always been. You know, so as I'm having this roller coaster of emotions, you know, I'm also ranging between blaming myself or blaming somebody else. So I would imagine that you guys experience the same kind of roller coaster. I hope I'm not the only one. You know, and as much as these traditions can take us from high to low, back to high, we carry those rhythms and those expectations and those pressures every day throughout the year. As we go through this conversation today, I want you to just think about what your schedule typically looks like. You know, how do you get all of your things done? You do have a life rhythm, even if it's a chaotic one and it doesn't feel like something that's being done intentionally, then that just is your chaotic rhythm, right? Like it just is a reactive rhythm or is it a proactive rhythm? Is it something that you have intentionally and purposefully and deliberately chosen from this place of great value? Or is it coming from this place of just complete unworthiness and proving your value? So many different things go into why and how we got to where we were. 
So as you're thinking about whatever whatever rhythms you want to be focusing on now, just take a listen and see what kind of keeps popping back up for you. So for me, when I think of my big picture life rhythm, I did always want to be a stay-at-home mom. My mom was a stay-at-home mom. She managed the home and created, you know, the rhythm that she had that I grew up in. My dad did the work outside. We created very specific rhythms and traditions around managing our everyday life and during our holiday times. When I look back, you know, I can look back on it fondly. I think the older that I've gotten, and if you've been listening to this podcast, there's so many ways that we we have to kind of process like, oh, what was our perspective as kids? What was really true? What did I take in now? What was like an unrealistic expectation? What was um, just a negative assumption or just a completely different perspective than what the other people in our lives experienced? And so as you think, you know, what were your memories of your upbringing? I would bet that depending on your experience that you have chosen to create some very intentional rhythms and traditions. You know, if you hated something growing up, I bet you have passionately gone out of your way to do the exact opposite. I'm never going to do that, right? <laughs> but then there are things that you loved and you want to keep it just so you know, you, we want to protect it and we hope it never changes ever, ever again. We want to recreate like, so it just is that perfect memory in our mind, you know, and then there's a whole bunch of subconscious decisions and ways of being that you just do. You don't even think about it. There's no effort. You don't even realize that you're doing it in the first place. So for me, you know, as much as I wanted and knew mentally, that I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. I would also say that I was a little bit caught off guard when I got to that stage of my life, just really how uninterested I was in doing any actual like stay-at-home managing the home kind of things, you know, like the cooking and the cleaning and the laundry. I definitely wanted kids and thoroughly enjoyed them, but I also was maybe not as interested in really owning the training and teaching of my children. You know, it's kind of like I wanted all the fun parts, but not really all of the hard character parts. I was all in it for the comfort, maybe not so much the character. So, you know, there are were so many ways that I entered married life and parenthood from almost just really this place of selfishness or immaturity, obliviousness, and some maybe even just like some rebellion. I think in my head, I wanted all of those things, but in my heart, I wasn't really fully owning them. I wasn't taking them on from a proactive place, a joyful place, a purposeful place. You know, my joy and my purpose was very circumstantial in those early years. I would ride that same kind of roller coaster, right, of feeling purposeful and valued and then just depressed and meaningless and burdened and shame. You know, I wasn't measuring up. I wasn't any good. What was I doing with my life? What was I doing with my time? Did it even matter? I hope you can relate. You know, even if you can't relate in the exact same way, you're working out of the home or you work in the home or you have kids or you don't have kids, or you're married or you're not married. You know, I think just there's so much of, of all of the things of life still have to get taken care of no matter what stage of life you're in or what your exact circumstances look like. 
we all can carry this lack of purpose or meaninglessness or find complete joy and satisfaction in the things that we're putting our our hands to and our work to. So I want to just kind of share some ways that we can start to look at these rhythms in our life, especially if you're feeling very burdened and discouraged or overwhelmed in your rhythms and don't really know how to get out of it or where to start. I want us to consider three things when you start to feel this way. And the first one is, I want you to think about why are you doing the things that you're doing? You know, actually write down the things, like what are you actually doing? And then why are you doing those things? After you've kind of been able to pinpoint like, oh, that's just, that's because that's the way it's supposed to get done because so-and-so did it. This is how I was taught. This is the only way I know. Or the world has taught me differently or these people and these experiences, you know, is it why? After you have a good understanding about those things, then you have the choice to either like re-choose it own it for yourself. Like, no, this is actually something I do love. I want to keep doing it. Or is it something that you just need to redesign? You know, it's not working. How can we do it differently? What are these subtle tweaks or major changes that we need to make? And then lastly, I want you to consider like outside of just today's work, what seeds are you planting? What is the long-term results? the fruit of whatever it is that you are intentionally building or unintentionally building, you know, what's the outcome going to be from the avoidance or the tackling on of these tough situations. So I'm going to share just my own personal experience about Christmas and my memories and just kind of, you know, share with you kind of how I've had to go through this journey myself. Um, so when I think about Christmas as a kid, I loved our family Christmas traditions and I was more than happy to continue recreating them for my children. There are parts of it anyway, (laughs) you know, when I think back, um, we were definitely one of those families that we opened presents up Christmas morning and like real early morning. Like if my brother and I could have gotten up at 4am, we definitely would have, I think pretty much, um, you know, there was one particular year, I think my mom set a limit, like nothing before five. <laughs> and then as we got a little bit older, it's it's closer to like six. So even like with my family, when we're all together right now, we still get up pretty early. But we would then get up really early. We had to have our coffee first. That was the other rule before we could open up presents. And then we would all go around and open presents one at a time. And we would start with the youngest to the oldest because generally, you know, the younger kids would have more presents than the grownups. So um, eventually we would, the grownups would be done and then it would just be down to, you know, whoever has the most presents at the end. And then every year uh, my mom had started a tradition um, that we would get a box of sugary cereal from Santa and uh, we would have that for Christmas morning breakfast. So after obviously it's still super early when we're all done, we could have our own breakfast and then just enjoy whatever presents we got, or we could go back to sleep and just lounge around and enjoy the rest of the day. And then my mom um, would work on a big Christmas meal. And usually like we would be around family. We live far away. So generally our rhythm was every other year we would, you know, we would be by ourselves um, one Christmas 
And then the next year we would travel and be with the extended family. And so even at the extended family, I think there was the same kind of experience um, that I had. And so I loved that. I thoroughly enjoyed that. And so it easily just became, that's what I do with my family. And even now, now that I'm a grown up and my brother and my sister are grown ups, and there's other grandkids now, you know, when we come together, we still do the same thing. You know, but in that same way that like when, um, like I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom, but I didn't really want those hard parts of reality. I kind of feel the same way about Christmas. I kind of feel like there's none of that that I personally own and enjoy about creating the experience. I, if I could, Christmas still belongs at my mom's house and we all just show up and go have Christmas over there with all of my family. That is my favorite. <laughs> if we could do that forever, that sounds great. I like all of our, our family's ornaments and I like all the things that happen over there. And I think, you know, it's funny, I think probably more so a lot of that goes to my just personality. Like I hate planning events and I don't find a lot of value in like the decorating or the shopping, none of those things. Like I don't enjoy them. So, but I do like experiencing the fruits <laughs> that have already happened and I don't mind participating in them, but I'm more than happy. Like none of those parts did I take on as like, I didn't find the love of that part of it. So luckily for me as well, you know, with my husband, he didn't have a ton of, um, you know, holiday family traditions. They weren't much different. I think he said he grew up where they would all open Christmas Eve. So he was happy to comply with um, mine because I think I cared more about my tradition than his, um, which I'm super grateful for because he's not even a morning person. So he's very gracious to come along um, with us to do it this way. Um, me and, and both my children are all morning people, so that makes it easier, <laughs> but we have a fun time with that. I think one of the fun things that we did get added um, was my sister-in-law started a tradition. Um, when the kids were really little, we would get them Christmas pajamas and like some hot chocolate, and we would all watch a movie together on Christmas Eve. And so we still carry on that tradition with Christmas pajamas every year. And my kids still, like even this year, we're getting ready and they're like, oh, what are we going to get for Christmas pajamas? Sometimes I actually let them kind of pick it out or we do it together. It's not a secret, but it's at least a fun present. We open Christmas Eve. They still expect it and they love it. And so I'm happy to continue that tradition. So it's fun to be able to add new things on to what already was. So, but in that space, right, where I mentioned I don't necessarily love all of the behind the scenes of creating the experience, this is the area where I can go back and forth between that high, high and the low, low and feeling pressure and judgment and failure, or I'm feeling confident and loving, you know, whatever the magical experience that gets created. I'm being a victim or I'm totally owning my choices. You know, so because I personally loved the traditions that I experienced, I do love the joy. You know, like I like being able to create that same kind of joy for my kids and in my household. But if it were up to me, I don't know. I think I would probably do absolutely nothing at Christmas time. I do not care about putting up the tree. I don't care about the decorating. I don't care about finding all the perfect presents and the shopping and all the things. And unfortunately, well, this is part of my story, is that my husband loves it even less. So then I take on that emotional load and the pressure even more to like, it's up to me then, because he's 
he doesn't have his own personal care about it. And I barely have a personal care about it, right? <laughs> and so, but my kids love it. And I think if they didn't care and didn't express themselves and express like all of the joy and the fun or, that they love around it, I we probably wouldn't do much. I honestly do most of it for them because they find so much joy and I find joy in bringing them joy. And I do, I mean, I don't, I'm not anti, I love it once it's up. Like I, we're definitely, we get our Christmas tree up early. It's up the entire time, but you know, just the experience about it. I'm not like counting down. I don't find personal joy and satisfaction in the process of it. So I do do those things and I do participate, but how easily then it causes dysfunction and unhappiness in the home, you know, and those rhythms that are really being put in when I'm not being intentional and they feel like just such a heavy pressury burden. So one of the differences though, also from my childhood to my household is that when we were growing up, always got a real tree. We had a tree hunting day, you know, where sometimes we would go to those Christmas tree lots and that already had it cut down and we just had to pick it out. And then usually, if not the same day or like the next weekend, we had a whole Christmas tree decorating day. And we would always have chili and the music would be on and we'd have to just wait for my dad to get the tree up and my dad would put the lights on and then the rest of us would all work together to put the ornaments actually on the tree. And then I assume my mom put a, all the decorations around the house, the things, you know, that weren't just on the tree. But in my household, because I'm so Scrooge-like in comparison, <laughs> and my husband is even more, um, we have a fake tree because neither of us want to go out into the woods to go get a tree. It's very convenient and easy. And then, so we get our tree up. And then we do decorate um, all together, but it's not usually very festive and it really only lasts like an hour. Like it doesn't turn into an all day affair of like quality time. It's usually, you know, maybe a two hour max situation. So my childhood, it may not, have, it may have been the same way as my childhood, but in my mind, I remember it being like, that was the entire day and we spent all day long doing it together. So it's so easy, right? In those moments to feel like, oh, I'm not measuring up and we just had two hours and we just go right back to nothing. And what's the point? It's all this work for nothing, right? <laughs> and so, and then because my husband doesn't care even more, he easily is not super excited to participate or, during these events either. And so here's my breakdown that I think especially this year, like every year we've kind of just been practicing and wrestling and some years I care more than others and I'm more hurt than others. And, you know, depending on the stressfulness of life in general and how connected I'm feeling and how responsible for my own self I'm being, we can experience it different ways. And so this year, you know, things that I had to really consider and have to kind of just keep, every time I start to get overwhelmed and to, a negative extreme. I think like, what is the Christmas experience that we're trying to create for our family unit? You know, so because he cares, my husband cares less than I do, and he didn't have any of those traditions and it made it really easy then for him to adopt my ways. I can find joy in those areas, but it still is kind of a little bit reactive. You know, like how much have we really owned and made it our own versus I'm trying to just recreate something else that somebody else had started. So a lot of those 
things, right? Like we easily were able to just like, there's no guilt about getting a fake tree over a real tree. No guilt over getting up early morning, Christmas day and opening up presents. No pressure on those. But sometimes where it has caused tension is in those other areas where I'm really forcing myself to participate and create this magical experience for our children. And it easily, when it's something that I don't personally find joy in, and then I feel like I'm doing it all by myself, and then I feel like a martyr about it, um, and then I can easily start feeling like a bad mom because I don't love the experience and I should be doing it better and all of these other people do it better. And then I can easily start criticizing my children and calling them ungrateful if they aren't just the right amount of grateful and excited and passionate. And I can just easily start to resent the things that I'm doing. And I get completely lost in why I'm even doing them in the first place. And so these are the areas, you know, when you find yourself being the martyr, when you start feeling like regret and why did I even bother? I'm being taken advantage of in some way. Take a look and own like, why are you doing it then? Who was it for? Who said it had to be this way? Do the people in your life have a say about how it goes? Or are you so sentimental that you are inflexible to create something new? What is the burden and the pressure that you are bringing into this experience? So for myself, that was something I really have to take active, like intentional time to manage my mind and manage my emotions and redirect them. So for me, in my memory, I think it has become the clearest in the real upset for me. Okay, so the real versus the right. The right things are just those obvious logistical tit for tat, the actual way things get done, the circumstances. The real is the emotion behind it, the feelings behind it, the meaning we give it and what's really going on. And so for me, I think I finally, in the clearest way, was able to see my fear. Now, from my childhood, as I told you, who put up the tree and the lights? That was my dad. So I decided in that moment that good dads do the physical labor of the tree and the lights. So every year when my husband doesn't do those things and I do them, subconsciously, I have been bitter and resentful because I'm doing a task that I should not be doing. If my husband loved me enough, he would do such and such. He would be just like my dad did. If he cared about the experience and wanted to participate in the magical experience, then he would do it with us. How easily did I allow those thoughts, those feelings, those judgments, dare I say bold-faced lies, to come in to my heart and my thoughts and completely sabotage the experience. My kids didn't grow up in my household where they saw my dad putting up the tree and the lights. What would be the problem if my kids' experience of Christmas was that anybody could put the tree up and anybody could put the lights on? Is that a possibility? Does it have to completely ruin and sabotage the entire experience? Does it have to cause division in my household? Now, here's where it becomes an issue is that in those previous years, right, when I just stayed in the right and I didn't actually deal with that, I didn't realize that that's what I was really 
upset about. And because I didn't really realize that that's what it was, I, but I was certainly very aware. And so was my husband that I was being a martyr about it, right? Like there was definitely known upset about it. And I was vocal about it. He knew I was upset, but nothing changed. And so this year, a couple of things were different. So in our garage, we have a bunch of shelves and it has all of our Christmas stuff on it. We have several totes full of all the decorations and a big, huge box with our tree in it. And I had a choice. I woke up one Saturday. It was like a week or two before Thanksgiving, which is usually about the time when we start decorating for Christmas. And I just got the feeling. Do you ever get the feeling? You're just like, you're ready, right? Like I want to clean. I'm ready to organize. Enough is enough. I am motivated and excited to get this work done. I had that feeling. There had been some clutter growing in the garage and it was blocking what was going to be our path to get to the Christmas stuff. And so I knew we were going to have to get this mess cleaned up before we could even get to Christmas. So I was motivated. In this moment, my husband was not available. That's okay. This wasn't a pre-decided thing. This wasn't a planned scheduled event. I just had a moment of inspiration and I chose to do it by myself right then because that was more important to me. I wanted to get it done more than I wanted to wait for my husband to be available. So I cleaned up the clutter. It felt awesome. I got all the Christmas stuff down. I didn't bring it into the house because that would be clutter and it wasn't time yet. So I just left it in another space in the garage so that when it was time, everything was ready and prepped. Felt great about it. Consciously knew, like, I'm not mad at my husband. It's okay that I physically got this down. I probably was a little bit foolish because I got this giant Christmas tree box down from the very top shelf. And I thought I could kind of balance it just so. <laughs> and I didn't. It came tumbling down and I bent my finger back and I was bleeding like it ripped down to the nail bed. You know how that happens sometimes and it hurts so bad. But that was my choice. I didn't complain about it. I wasn't mad. Like I risked myself. I knew what I was doing. I took the risk on. I don't get to be mad at him about it later. I don't get to be a martyr. I don't get to hold it against him. I don't get to make any judgments. I took on because that's what I wanted to do. But when it came to the actual decorating day, okay, for some reason too, these last couple of years, we've been home at Thanksgiving time and we just started decorating for Christmas Thanksgiving morning, maybe because the kids were just so excited they couldn't wait any longer and we had the time and we're all home and you're kind of like okay why not like no big deal like we can create a new you know new tradition we don't have a specific day it has to get done on and so we started doing that again this thanksgiving the kids helped me bring the totes in that they could and i worked on getting the tree set up while they brought the totes in they started finding the ornaments and organizing and they're super stoked mind you they have no upset I'm not upset at this point. <laughs> it's coming. I get the tree set up. I fluff all the branches and then I get all the lights on. And then the kids start to put, you know, they each have their own little box of ornaments. Oh, that's a new tradition. Side note. I got this from Lee's family. His mom did this. So we have a whole box of fun ornaments from Lee's childhood. And so that is, that is something that I inherited from his family that we continue on in our family. Each of the kids have a little bin 
And each Christmas, I buy them a new special ornament, um, usually something that's themed from that year, like either a trip that we took or something specific that, you know, their hobby or their passions of that year. And they each have their own box and their own special ornaments. They love getting their own box out and then they put their special ornaments up. And then when they're grown and they move out of the house, they have this whole box of ornaments to take with them. I love that. So they start getting ready on those things. And um, so we're all, the three of us are working together. We have Christmas music on in the background. So we're just about done and Lee comes into the room. And so he's excited, but like no big deal. And I realized for myself in that moment, the real upset was my fear about the experience that we were having together. What I've been wanting, but didn't realize was the emotional connection and that magical feeling that it really did matter that we were all together when I was a child, right? Like my dad being around and being available, it meant something. You know, I have a great relationship with my dad now and he's worked really hard to grow in his connection with us as kids, you know, but when I was growing up, my dad was super busy. My mom was the heart of the family and my dad was just, you know, kind of the logistics and the business behind the scenes. And there weren't a lot of things that we did like that. And so for me, what I realized is I'm looking for this emotional connection. You know, I want us to do it all together. I want Lee to care enough about the experience and wanting to look beyond his own needs and to come alongside, like, do it for me. Can't you care enough about this Christmas experience to do it for me, to do it for the kids? Like, the kids find so much joy. And I feel like, you know, in all those previous years, I was just making such a fuss about the logistics and the business part of it. And for this year, it just felt different. You know, I was like, okay, here's what I think is really, we've got to make a decision as a family. What is the tradition that we're trying to project for our children? What is the experience? Like, what is it that we want to pass on? What's our legacy? What are those seeds that we're planting? And so up until this point, you know, probably subconsciously, I'm planting cranky mom, always mad at dad for not being around and emphasizing like the lack, as opposed to we could just let the experience be the experience of what it is. And Lee and I can create something different. Maybe that just is our tradition. The dad doesn't decorate Christmas. Does it have to mean that he hates Christmas and he's not around and the children are missing out somehow? And so that was kind of more the conversation that I came to him that I was like, okay, I feel like this makes sense now. And I just need to know, like, what is it that you want? Like, how do you feel about Christmas? How do you feel about the decorating? What about it do you feel like is so difficult? Is this an area where, you know, we are just being selfish and we need to grow and consider others better than ourselves? Or is this an actual okay boundary and thing that is happening? And then we need to create some kind of new tradition around it. Now, at this point, when Lee and I are having this great, real, unifying, non-judgmental, like honest conversation, the tree's already done. Like it's over. <laughs> we can't go back. We get to take this new thought and this new emotional like commitment and a desire to want to create great things together into next year. 
we'll see how that goes. I have confidence that it can go great, but what's done is done for this year. But that's the real conversation that I need to start having, that I want to start having around all of these holiday traditions and our everyday rhythm. Like, am I carrying significance and meaning from something that I chose from my past experience? Am I bringing that into my current life rhythms? Am I holding the people in my life hostage to a standard that they didn't even know they're being held to and I didn't even know I was holding them to? Am I willing to give voice to them? And then am I willing to create something new that we both love? How else could it be? You know, I think, I don't know that Lee really ever understood, nor did I, right, of what it really meant. What was the significance behind these events? And I'm not saying, I mean, Lee's not never been around. He has absolutely put the tree up before and done the lights, but it's kind of been very circumstantial if the timing was right. And again, me and my children's impatience of like, oh, we just feel like doing it right this second. Is dad available? Like it didn't matter because he didn't care. So we didn't really take the time to schedule a whole event to make sure he was available. And so we had those choices. Like we either do it without him happily without being martyrs about it, or we wait and we schedule a time where he is available. You know, so in a lot of those ways, it's not fair that we were doing it without him and then blaming him for not caring. (laughs) Does that make sense? We so easily do this in all areas of our life and to the people around us, to the people we care about. We so easily get impatient and blindsided with our own needs, our own demands, our own desires. And then when other people don't just comply, we blame them and accuse them. So I feel like, you know, the freedom that came for me this year was to stop holding my husband hostage to the idea that he is an active sabotager to my children's Christmas magical experience. He wants them to have a great experience. I think what came really clear is that he didn't even see his need to participate as an impact, right? Like his lack of participation is not negatively impacting the children's magical experience. He's content with however it is that is going. I have not been content. And so until I voice to him the real reason why I'm discontented, And then I get to look back and say, okay, well, what is it that the children are actually experiencing? What does my husband actually really want? And then how can we all work together to create something new? And that's where we can start to have have this vision beyond our circumstances about what is it that we're passing on? What are those seeds that we're planting? It may not show up the same way that it showed up in my childhood. It may not show up in the exact way that I think it should show up. Can't we create those magical experiences in multiple different ways, right? You have your own traditions around holidays, your own family traditional rhythms that brought you joy that didn't look anything like mine. Maybe you didn't even have a dad in your household growing up. Did you still have a magical Christmas? Right? Or did you always feel like you couldn't have a magical experience because this is how you were told it should look and therefore it will never measure up? 
And that's where I find so much freedom. And I want the freedom for you guys to know that joy and happiness and long-term satisfaction of feeling of love can be cultivated under any circumstances. They are not circumstantial. They add, they make it easier or they make it harder to find, but it doesn't mean at the core and the root that you as an individual don't deserve joy, don't deserve love, don't deserve a close family. You know, and I think it's those kinds of things where like if we didn't experience them as children, you better believe you are going out of your way to recreate something different. I know I do that in my life in different areas, but how much of our life that we're experiencing and creating right now that we hate, is it because we're holding them against a positive experience from the past and they don't look exactly like it and therefore it can't measure up? I feel like from this conversation that Lee and I had, you know, we were both able to choose in that moment that we both are unified. We really do want to plant seeds for our children that they will have loving memories of their past, of their childhood, that we want them to know that they are seen and heard and loved. We are on the same page. Lee does want those things. Just because he doesn't care about putting up the tree and the lights doesn't mean he doesn't care about my our children's long-term satisfaction and our children's desire to feel loved and cared for. He doesn't have any of those emotions attached to Christmas. So therefore he's not looking at Christmas through that lens that that's what's necessary. You know, I think in the same way that this Christmas example shows up, it shows up the same way in my house when it comes to all of those logistics and how I've had to grow and mature and take on with joy and purpose of how to become a good manager of my household. How do I view the managing differently than a burden and something that I have to do, right? Am I inadvertently making my children feel like they're a burden and this huge cost to my life? Or am I helping them believe and to know that they are a blessing? I believe they're a blessing. Are my actions showing that? Is having a home and having food and having the ability to be healthy and to do things together, am I viewing those things as a blessing the way that they were designed? Or am I just so burned out because I'm trying to meet some unrealistic expectation? When we can reframe all of these duties these burdens, these things that we don't like, when we just look at them from a black and white business perspective, we lose so much of the heart about what is behind it, the seeds that we're planting of helping to create a safe environment. You know, I want my home to be a place where my kids want to bring their friends, where people feel welcomed, where people feel wanted. If I'm so distracted about being angry and bitter about these rhythms that I have created or I have allowed that are robbing me from that ability to create that heart and that warmth, I get to re-choose and do it differently. That is not how we have to stay. But what good is it for us to have this perfect home without having love? What good is it to have all of this logistics and scheduling and running from here to there if we don't have any kind of connection? or closeness emotionally. 
And so it was in this space that I could really start to reframe the work, right? Reframe the logistics and rechoose it, redesign it if necessary to find joy and purpose in what I was using my time for, of how I was choosing to approach these situations, approach these holidays, approach these tasks that do need to get done. Somebody needs to do them. How do I want to be about it? What is the legacy that I am wanting my children to remember most? Because they're not going to remember exactly how I did my laundry and which day I did it and how exactly it was done. There's no right or wrong way to do all of those tasks. But I do want them to remember me as being loving and being gentle. I want them to remember feeling safe and having good memories where we laughed and we cried and we celebrated and we supported each other. And that's where, that's where I need to grow, right? That's where I am growing. That is the motivation behind changing all of these other logistics and exactly how and when and what gets done. So as we enter this new year, I hope that this message can help you just begin to be open to the possibility. If there's not that joy and that peace already in your life and in your rhythms and in your holidays, just what is, what's the next best thing that can be tweaked? What's another way to view whatever requirements and restrictions that you have around these areas to just start being able to consider like, why are you doing it? Where did it come from? Is it what you really want to be doing? Do you need to rechoose it with a new heart or do you need to put something completely new on and do it some, a different way? And then let the seeds that you're planting, but let the long-term fruit, the long-term satisfaction be the, be the motivation, be the goal, be the desire of why you're going to do the little hard things every day today to reap an amazing crop later. So as you begin this new season, ready to start a new year, what little thing are you going to take on to slightly tweak? to slightly bring you long-term satisfaction, to work together with the people in your life to create what you're really wanting to create. And that you have an amazing new year full of great joy. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you would like more information about opportunities for coaching or more help outside of the podcast, you can follow us at beyondthewalls.podcast on Instagram or check out our website, beyondthewallspodcast.com. Until next time, bye. Bye.